deeper and deeper, deeper sleep, far asleep. Deeper and deeper, fully relaxed, all muscles are relaxed, you're comfortable, relaxed. You will not be anxious or distressed, but you will remember everything and you will tell me everything. Yes. I think I will stop. I will stop. And I have not stopped. And Betty said, Look, there's a star moving. And I look and I see a star. It's funny. But I said, Betty, that's a satellite. So what you just heard were some clips from what we're going to be talking about this week on the Home Wrecker podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, and I am joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Bang, bang. There it is. So how are you doing this week? I'm well, thank you. Great. Before we get started, I just want to quickly, for those of you who are listening to us maybe for the first time, who don't know what this show is about, and the only reason I'm bringing this up, and you're kind of looking at me funny because I didn't tell you I was going to do this, I just just decided I'm doing this right now. For those of you that have never listened to us before, I'm a former professional wrestler. My wife is my wife, and... You're nobody what? who does nothing. You're just my wife. Thanks, honey. That makes me feel so good about myself. And so people that are listening to us for the first time, kind of the shtick of this show is when I was a wrestler, I was I was a heel. I was a bad guy. I was a jerk, if you will. I was a, as as one of our listeners so eloquently put it, I was a prick. And I'm referring to the comments that we got on one of our recent episodes hey, where honey, somebody said they wanted to smack me over and over again. You, you may be a prick, but you're my prick. Right, exactly. So I just wanted to bring it up for anybody that's listening to us for the first time. That's kind of our shtick. You're ruining the magic, I, baby. I, I'm not trying to ruin anything. I just want people to understand that this is what you're getting when you're listening to the Homewrecker podcast. We, we're a married couple. We so, bicker. So we will bicker a little bit. That's that's what happens. That's what couples do that are together all the time. If you don't like it, just don't listen. But you don't maybe, have to maybe they want maybe they want to listen because they like me and just not you. Fine. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's I feel like I'm gonna just, get a lot of like comments like, No, no, we don't like you, Monique. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's not the case at all because again, I I, I know that I can have an abrasive personality, but guys, it's part of the shtick, okay? Thanks. So anyhow, it, it, it's kind of how we on. are, but we yeah. don't get offended by any yeah. of it. it. Yeah. Moving on now. How are you doing this week? I'm good. Great. I know in the past I've mentioned some shoulder issues. We've kind of figured out what it is. I guess some bones aren't quite in the right place. So I'm going to physical therapy and something really interesting happened that calls back to the episode regarding Pet Cemetery, and I wanted to bring it up. We're going to do a callback to our Pet Cemetery movie review episode? Yes. Okay, yes. let's hear it. 
I was going to physical therapy and it was a appointment later in the evening and I usually park in the front area and it was pouring outside and I found a parking spot way, way far away from the entrance and I was like, I don't really feel like walking in the rain and all of a sudden it popped in my head, they have a garage in the back. I can just park in the garage there and I won't get wet. Okay, so I park in the garage and... When I'm walking inside the building, there's an older gentleman who walks by me and he says hello and I say hello to him. I go to my appointment. I'm leaving my appointment in the garage. I get in my car and I see that guy standing out by his car. What guy? The one, I'm sorry, the one who said hello to me. And of course, I'm thinking like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. I get in my car, I turn it on. And when the lights come on, I see that his hood is open and his trunk is open. I'm like, oh, his car probably, something happened. The battery part probably died and he needs some help. Of course, I don't know, maybe especially as a woman that goes in your mind, could this be a trap? Is it someone's way to try to lure people to kidnap them? I don't know. So I'm cautious and I half get out of my car and I ask if he needs help, if, if he's all sad. And he says, well, I'm just waiting on security. And I'm thinking, he's probably been waiting for a while. If I went to my appointment and I'm done and nobody's there yet, I have jumper cables in the back of my car and I go help him. I go over, I give him a jump. He was such a nice older gentleman. And the whole time I'm kind of preparing in case somebody comes at me from behind or from the side or from all ways. But I helped him and I felt so good because a few days before that, my car battery died and I had the hood open and nobody offered to help me. And I'm like, man, that really stinks to be stranded and nobody's even offering to help you, even though tons of people are going by. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to put that out in the universe. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, how weird is it that I was going to park in the front? And then it was like there was something that just said to me, no, there's a garage and you should park there. And it just made me think of Pascal from Pet Cemetery. Finally, I was wondering, what the hell does this have to do with Pet Cemetery? Jesus. Okay. Thank you. Finally. Remember like Rachel and how he's like God. saying stuff and she's like, yeah, that's what it felt like. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the, the clock going, okay. We're about two and a half minutes into the story. When are we going to get to the, this is what it has to do with Pet Cemetery. Finally. Anyway, go ahead. It sounded like Rachel, Pascal talking to Rachel. Yeah. In Pet Cemetery. Thanks. That's what I felt like. All right. All right. I'll shut up now. Yeah. So Sorry anyhow. to have wasted your time. So, wow. That's pretty neat. What a story. Oh, you sound so <laughs> thrilled by it. Jeez. All right. So what else is going on? Anything else? Oh no, I I don't want to take up too too much time. Let's let's move forward. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking Can about? Can you this smack week? somebody through audio? I'd like to try that. I'm sure there's sound effects that I can insert. Mm. I guess I could just smack you. <laughs> I was gonna say you're sitting across <laughs> table from me. You could just smack me for real if you wanted. But to. That would be illegal. So illegal? Why is that illegal? Domestic violence. Um, all right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because I'd report that. My wife smacked me because <laughs> I was being a dink. 
please come take her they away. Would, they would arrest me. Jeez. All right. So this week, we are going to be talking about the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction case. How many people outside of New England do you think are aware of Benny and Barney Hill? Oh, this, this, this is a national. This is this is this was a big thing. I look at it as like I think more people who they, oh, either follow like UFO alien yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's or world if you're famous. In New England. Well, you think about it; it's the first ever quote unquote documented case of alien abduction. It it's not just a New England or New Hampshire thing. It's yeah, everybody knows about the Benny and Barney Hill case. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about what happened according to Betty and Barney Hill. We'll talk about the aftermath of, of the event, the incident, the quote-unquote abduction. I'm putting my fingers up because you'll see. And then uh, we'll, we'll give our thoughts on it. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So why don't you start us off with uh, what happened to Betty and Barney Hill all those years ago? You sure you sure you want me to tell this story? Because I don't want to just drone on and bore you. Are you sure? No, I'm going to take a nap. Go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. On September 19th, 1961, Betty and Barney Hill were driving along Route 3 in New Hampshire on their way home from a trip from Canada. You looked like you were going to say something. Were they coming back from Montreal or something like that? I think that? it was Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Falls. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. Okay. And I just wanted to point out that evening at the top of Mount Washington, visibility was 130 miles, meaning from the top of the mountain, you could see as far out as 130 miles. So what is so that? So it's clear. After? It's a very clear so night. So it's a clear night. Okay. And the moon was about two thirds full, so it wasn't pitch black either. You had a decent amount of moonlight. And just so in terms of Mount Washington, it peaks at 6,288 feet, and it's the highest mountain in the Northeast. 130 miles is pretty darn good. So again, so just it was a clear out, night. Clear. Okay, next. Well, because not everyone knows Mount Washington in this area. I'm trying to be mindful of that. So south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, is where Betty first spotted something in the sky. At first, she thought it was a falling star. Until it paused in the southwest sky and it kind of inched its way upward, stopping next to the moon. As Betty watched this object, it got bigger. And then south of Twin Mountain, she and Barney stopped at a roadside picnic area in order to walk their dog. This gave her the chance to actually view the object through the binoculars. Betty watched it as it traveled across the face of the moon, flashing multicolored lights. And by the time she handed the binoculars to Benny, the object had changed its course. And Wait, shortly thereafter... to Benny or Barney? Oh, my God. To Barney. <laughs> Just making sure. And shortly thereafter, I'm like merging the two names together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, the The... She hands the binoculars to Barney. Yeah, the, the okay. object rapidly moved into their, like going towards their direction. After they got back in the cart, and Betty was really into this and kind of, I guess, perplexed by what she was looking at. And it almost seemed as if it was to be like pacing them. Barney made another stop near the old man of the mountain in Franconia Notch, and they wanted to look at it more. And again, it's rapidly changing direction. It's like going up and down, left and right, hovering all over. Barney was interested, 
but confused because this is back in the early 60s and people weren't really believing that kind of stuff as much and he's more are you kidding that was like the height of the of everything was in the 40s and the 50s when the sensible like people you know professional people if you will that wasn't okay his thing he was kind of skeptic but skeptical yeah he was kind of skeptical he was a skeptic but betty was i guess seeming to get really excited about it you said that already well, she was really excited about it, damn it. Okay, keep going, please. As they got south of Indian Head, that's over by North Lincoln, New Hampshire, almost directly in their path, they encountered a huge flattened circular disc with a row of intense blue lights and a lighted windows. Barney quickly brought the car to a halt, and in the middle of the road, he grabbed the binoculars for a closer look. And then he opened the door uh, so he could see better. He noticed that there was like a rapid arc-like movement and it shifted from its location directly ahead. It's almost like it rested in the treetops. That's what it looked like. Barney got really nervous by what he was seeing. So he got his handgun and he put it in his pocket and he started walking towards it. So he approached it and lights were flickering and... As he looked in through the binoculars, it's like he saw these figures inside. And it's like he knew they weren't human. But he he mentioned they were almost like German officers, which, I don't know. It it was kind of weird, the explanation. But he, he also commented how one looked at him and gave a feeling like, everything's okay, don't worry. But he was very scared. He was overcome with fear. Basically, he he had to try really hard to put the binoculars down and run back to the car. They start driving. They're scared. They're moving. And this is fascinating how you're reeling this. They're scared and they're moving. And they're really scared. Okay, I'll let you take over on the story. Can you just tell what that, what what are your notes? What are your notes? Is Is that your notes? They were scared and they're moving. And they were looking at the binoculars and they were scared. The binoculars. And he's like scared and like like oh my god they were like totally scared like so they get in the car and they're moving away they're driving away fast because they're scared barney is isn't that what i just said yes i i'm i'm reiterating i'm You're trying to pick up where you I've left reiterated, off yeah i'm reiterating what what i reiterated it would have had to have been iterated prior in order for you to reiterate. And then I reiterated what you iterated. Now you're reiterating what I'm reiterating that you iterated. Do I need to reiterate that for you? I give up. (laughs) Go on. All right, so they're moving fast. They're moving along quickly because they are now scared. They get back home and they realize that for some reason they're home two hours later than they thought they'd be home. Yeah, the sun was coming up. Yeah, the when sun they got was home. coming up when they got home. So they thought it was kind of strange, and oh, we we left out the beeps. There was the beeps. There was a series of a, a series, series of, of beeps, beeps when before they first noticed the craft, and then they noticed these beeps again when the craft was leaving. Right? Am I? Mm-hmm. Am I? I'm saying yeah. that accurately, right? Okay. So they get home and they, they feel kind of strange and weird. I'm not going to get into every single detail because there's a lot to this story. 
basically Barney gets home. They, well, they get home and he doesn't bring in the suitcases. He goes right in. He goes to take a shower and he notices down in his genitals. He notices that. And I don't know how how you. I'm a guy. I don't get this part. But reportedly, he's he noticed that his penis felt like he had recently ejaculated. I, 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 yeah, I'm giving you the face right now because I don't. How does that? What does that mean? You recently eja- your penis feels like it recently ejaculated. I don't understand that, but that's that's a detail that was given in in his report and his testimony and whatever else. So it's kind of okay. I don't was it still a little messy down there? <laughs> I was gonna say like it was, yeah, right. That's the only thing I could think of. So that didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but that's a detail that's always pointed at. And then apparently, tying back into that. Months later, or weeks later, he started to get a, a series of warts around mm-hmm. his genitals. So, all right. So, th- I'm going to keep that. my thoughts to myself yeah, for we'll, this part for the moment. We'll, we'll come back to that after. Sure. He also noticed his shoes were scuffed, his nice shoes. His ni- Yeah, he had one pair of nice shoes, and those were his nicest pair of shoes. And reportedly, Barney was a, he was a very, for the time, a very well-dressed man. He always wanted to, he always presented himself very clean, very well-kept, if proper. you will. He was very proper. He took pride in his appearance is the way that I took it from all accounts that I've read. Barney was a black man in 1960s New Hampshire, and he was married to Betty, who was a white woman. So they were an interracial couple in the early 60s. So there's that. We're just given details of of, of who because these people were. Because that wasn't as accepted back wasn't, then. Yeah, back in the 60s now. We're talking almost f- over 50 years ago. That, that wasn't an accepted thing. It wasn't very normal. I, I guess it was accepted. It just wasn't a normal thing. It so, wasn't. It's not happening as much as it does now. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Betty notices that there's some pink powder on her dress after she she brings in the suitcases from the car. She... Allegedly makes a phone call to her sister who is neighbors with a scientist or a doctor or a physicist or something like that who tells her to get a compass and bring it out to her car and see if there's... Well, didn't she also have like her dress was a little torn or something? Her dress was torn, I think, in the back too. Yeah. And she couldn't explain it or why it was torn. She couldn't remember or realize why it was torn. That's right. Thank you. So she goes out to the car with a compass and apparently by the trunk, the compass goes nuts at the... The needle's just kind of moving all around the place, going all in circles and everything, but just by the trunk for some weird reason. At, at that point, I guess they they forgot about the whole thing, but she she didn't drop it, but Barney wanted to kind of move on with his life is is the reportedly how this whole thing goes. We you and I watched the movie. They mm-hmm. did a they did a movie in the did it come out in like the early seventies? Yeah. James Earl 70s. Jones played Barney Hill. Roseanne's mom, the show Roseanne. <laughs> Yeah, the oh mom. gosh, I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but yeah, Roseanne's mom. Yeah. <laughs> the actress played Roseanne's mom in the TV show Roseanne. Yeah. She played uh, Betty. And it's kind of funny, Barney and Betty. I know. You think about that from the 60s. I know. Yeah. A- anyhow, we watched that movie and, and I guess that was a pretty accurate portrayal of the whole case. So acor- according to reports and everything else, they were fighting a lot. After this incident, they mm-hmm. were getting along great before then. But after this incident, they were fighting a lot. Barney was having a lot of crazy dreams. Betty was having crazy she was having dreams, dreams too. and they were talking about their dreams to each other. And she, he think, wanted to, he pretty much wanted to 
put the whole thing behind him. He just wanted to let it go, but she couldn't. But she couldn't let it go. One thing leads to another. A year or so goes by. They end up going to a hypnotherapist. Because that's right, Barney uh, left work. Because yeah, he was, he had to take medical leave. He had to take medical leave because he was getting ulcers from being so stressed out about everything. Kind of, kind of weird. A lot of this stuff, a lot of this backstory, just really strange. So they go to this hypnotherapist who puts them under hypnosis, and both of them, they recall that they were, they saw this craft, this mm-hmm. whatever it was, and that they were taken aboard the craft and had a bunch of experiments done on them. Skin was scraped off of them. Barney had apparently ejaculated. So they, they, they whatever, you know how that works. They took a sample. They took a sample, yeah, there you They're go. They're taking lots of different samples. Yeah, yeah. Betty had a big needle uh, pressed into her navel, mm-hmm. right? And then Barney is, is terrified this whole time. He's scared to death. He's He's petrified. He, he has his eyes closed for a lot of it. Betty, on the other hand, is like talking to these beings yeah. and having conversations with them, but not through not with her mouth. It's all mentally. They're, they're communicating with telepathy, mm-hmm. allegedly. They show her a, a map of stars and where the they came from. Constantly, yeah. yeah all, just all this wacky, bizarre stuff. And all this comes out in their hypnotherapy sessions. Now, they have no memory of this because when they get pulled out of the hypnosis, they, they don't have any memory of what they say under hypnosis. The the doctor who performed the the sessions, he did this on purpose. He didn't want them to know what the other was saying. Neither of them listened to their hypnosis or their, their sessions until after, uh, until a way after they both had, had been seen so that they couldn't talk to each other. The doctor did this on purpose because he wanted to know what happened to them. And Barney was the patient, but he had Betty come in and do the hypnosis to see what correlated to what Barney was saying. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. You're correct. All this stuff goes on, and eventually they want to keep this quiet, but it somehow gets leaked to the media and starts this craze. And so Betty and Barney decide that rather than their story getting out from somebody else, they'll go out and they'll tell their story as they know it so that it can come right from their mouths and not just reported by somebody else. So they go, they make a bunch of public appearances. They talk about being abducted by aliens and the rest is history. Barney dies in, was it 74, 73 or 74? He died shortly after they went public with everything. And then you didn't hear from Betty after that. After he died, you didn't hear from her for many years, almost 10 years. But that is the Betty and Barney Hill UFO abduction. Basically, the first recorded episode of Missing Time, because now that's like a big thing with UFOs, that you hear about missing time, you hear about... Well, I'm, I created a, a list of a lot of things that oh. people have in common, what they claim okay. when they say they get abducted. Okay, great. I'm gonna have you go over that in a minute. But this this is this is definitely this is the start of it. This is the case where all this stuff started. Alien abductions never really been talked about or, or heard about before this incident. The missing time phenomenon had never really been reported or talked about before this incident. So it's just kind of strange. 
but this is this is the one that started it all, and it all happened here in the good old Granite State of yes, New Hampshire. Yes, What we're going to do real quick, we're going to take a break. We're going to play some of these hypnosis sessions, and we'll start with we'll start with with Betty. We'll play a couple of minutes of that, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk some more about the Betty and Barney Hill case. We're driving along. I don't know where we are. I don't even know how we got here. Nobody and I, we've been driving, and I don't know how long, and we haven't even been talking. We, I've just been sitting here feeling that something's going to happen. And I'm not really too afraid. Except right now I am. At that time I didn't feel afraid. <laughs> Why are you crying if you're not afraid? I'm afraid now, but I was oh, I don't I, I wasn't afraid I, I was afraid when I saw the men in the road. Men in the road. <laughs> I've never been so afraid in my life. Tell me about the men in the road. <laughs> it's all right now. You're safe here. Tell me about the men in the road. We, we're driving along. We're on a tired road. And all of a sudden, without any warning or any reason or rhyme or anything, body made a... Uh, he almost... The brakes, I think, even squealed. He stopped so suddenly and made this sharp left-hand turn through the highway. And we went onto this narrow road. I was wondering what he was doing down here, but he wasn't saying anything, and I wasn't. I figured, well, maybe we're lost, but so what? We'll come out somewhere. And we're going along. And there was a sharp curve in the road. And as we went around the curve, there were trees. There were a lot of tall, tall trees on my side. I don't know about Bonnie's side of the road, but there was these men standing in the highway. And I wasn't too afraid when I saw them. They were standing there. And I thought, well, you know, they were soundful. There was, oh, I don't know. And they were just, you couldn't get a good look at them. But then I thought, well, you know, are they in a car and the car broken down? Or what are they doing there? And Bonnie, of course, had to stop. And then he he stops the car, and these men started to come up to the car. They they. They separated. They came up in two groups. And when they started to do that, I, I got real scared. 
Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. So that was some of the Betty Hill hypnosis, some more of it, I should say. So we're back here. Now we're going to talk little bit about you've put together a list i did the commonalities in alien abduction claims yeah so obviously the first one as we as we know now was betty and barney hill the first real reported wide widely known case of alien abduction Mm -hmm. so tell us about some of the uh some of the stuff that you've compiled here betty and barney hill experienced a good amount of these and i'll just kind of go through one by one one of the biggest thing is Hours of missing time. People cannot account for gaps, like these time gaps. Mm -hmm. They don't know what happened. And it also goes along with gaps in memory. Okay, yeah. So I feel like those two kind of coincide with each other. Another commonality is mysterious injuries or scars or implants. Now, I've read a few stories where people have claimed to have implants uh, they were abducted and they found an implant. One person, one article I read, this gentleman had an implant in his mouth and he took it out and they got it tested. It turned out to be a filling. All right. From what I understand, nobody can actually prove any implant being alien. Like it's usually something like a filling or like something natural in the body. Okay. Another thing is disorientation. A lot of people complain of being very disoriented when this happens, when they're abducted afterwards. Many complain of reproductive issues. Think about Barney with the warts. Mm -hmm. Reproductive issues, meaning they can't have kids or... Well, the... the, Or just um, issues with their genitals. Well, I feel like it's both, but like women having reproductive issues or men like not being able to procreate but i just think of <laughs> okay no no I, yeah. yeah yeah no i, I just i want i just wanted to know if there yeah. was any more detail behind that okay back problems nosebleeds um or and or significant scarring in the nasal cavity many crave excess amounts of salt they also claim they hear humming or buzzing or clicking tones in their ears. And again, Betty and Barney Hill said that they heard that, um, the beeping. I think I've been abducted by aliens then. You mentioned, when we talked about this stuff, you mentioned, you said... I have a lot I, of these I have a things. lot of I'm not, I'm not. I'm not being funny. Like, I legitimately, my back will start hurting out of nowhere. Now, I could attribute that to years of being a pro wrestler and falling on my back. <laughs> Obviously, maybe it's really aliens. Maybe maybe it was aliens. Maybe I don't you weren't know. even a wrestler. Maybe it was maybe just I like imagined false it all. Memories implanted. Could, it could be. You <laughs> never know. I don't recall ever having the missing time, except for the time I got smacked in the face so hard that I got knocked out and basically left my body, and I have no recollection of that time. <laughs> so I, so I, I witnessed it. So I was so, watching you while that happened. So I guess I, I you, you could say I've had missing time. Nosebleeds. I do get nosebleeds a lot. You do. I attribute Not it to as the. Not much anymore. I attribute it to the dry air, mm-hmm. and we when we get the humidifiers going, that stops. But yeah, I, I will get nosebleeds. We we certainly don't have reproductive issues though. No, no, no we've got we've got kids, yeah. so we're good. We're good in mm-hmm. that department. Yeah. But I do like salt. I like having a lot of salt on my food. Ugh. 
I don't I know. I just do. I, I like salt a lot. So have I been abducted by aliens, do you I think? It's a possibility. I have seen a UFO, so I don't know. Huh? Maybe uh, you just don't remember it. Yeah, could be. Mm. Could be. Okay, anyhow, keep going. Women suffer from gynecological problems. People also suffer from chronic fatigue and immune dysfunction syndrome, uh, which is sometimes called chronic chronic or reactivating mononucleosis. Hmm. There are claims of paranormal activity in their home. There's claims of um, telepathic messages from their visitors slash abductors, which again, Betty Hill said that they spoke telepathically. Many are RH negative for their blood type. Really? Mm. Interesting. But on the other hand, there have been many reported cases of friendly contact encounters, but these cases do not usually include a forceful experience where they're taken against their will. Okay. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these were experienced by the Hills. Yeah. This makes you wonder, since this was the first widespread case of it, do you think that anybody that's had an abduction, quote-unquote abduction experience maybe has been influenced by this story? Or do you think that they really had something happen to them? Because again, this was something that was widely reported. They made a movie out of it. It was a TV movie. So it was on TV. It wasn't a movie that went into the theaters. So a lot more people will see a movie if it's on their television set. But the movie didn't come out until the 70s. Yeah. I mean, claims of UFOs have gone back way back in time. But we're talking about alien abduction. Reports of alien abduction. This was the first big one. This Mm -hmm. was the one. I mean, this is the one that kind of put it out in the mainstream. Are there claims of people that have gone aboard spaceships and things like that before Betty and Barney Hill? Yes, there are. But this is the one where they were abducted, where they had testing done, were missing time. All the stuff that we hear about now, it started with this one. So do you think that these people were influenced by this? I don't know. I I can understand where you get that thought process from, but I don't know. It's one of those things, mind over matter, and maybe if people believe it enough, it becomes true to them. They feel that back pain. They suffer from things, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't could, know. Could very well be. And and with the back pain thing, getting back to that, I was I was kidding. My, my back's fine. <laughs> my back's fine. I know. But but yeah, I don't. I. What do you think? Do you like getting into the them their story? Do you find their story to be plausible? Do you think? Now here's the thing that's always brought up when you hear about this story, and I'm going to bring it up now too, because I think it is important these two people were considered to be reputable. They were considered to be credible people. And, and what I mean by that is they were they were both very active in their community. They were both involved in a lot of... Uh, Betty was a social worker for the state of New Hampshire. Barney worked for the United States Postal Service. Now, he worked in Massachusetts. And I believe he was a supervisor, too, if I'm not mistaken. And he was also active in the local NAACP. So they were considered reputable and they were considered to be upstanding members of, of society. 
So it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill Joe Schmo looking for attention making up a story about UFOs. It was a couple of people that you wouldn't think would be talking about this kind of stuff. But the other thing is, I want to bring up the map that Betty made. Okay. Because she drew this map. Now, she's not an astrocartographer. She doesn't do this kind of stuff. As far as we know. And she made this map of these stars that weren't even allegedly known about at that time. And it wasn't for many years later where it was realized that, whoa, she drew out a map of stars that nobody even knew about. How would she know about it? I feel like that has to account for something. But then again, the question is, but did somebody give it to her? Was was it part of a conspiracy? Was it false memories implanted? I don't from people who knew it to, to give could. it more legitimacy. I don't know. Then my question to you right now, because we're going to pick this thing apart now. Now we're going to have some fun. Now we're going to get now we're going to get animated in a little bit. So if you don't like to hear us bicker, we'll turn us off now. Watch us agree with like right. everything. Yeah, you we're said probably going to yeah because this is the one part we didn't talk about this in advance so i don't know what your thoughts are you don't really you probably have an idea what my thoughts are just because of how i am but we haven't really gone over each other's thoughts and our thinking behind what we are they legitimate are these people crazy did they make this up what's going on what do you think do you think that based on everything that we've as far as the research we've done now i i also listened to an interview with Kathleen Marden, who was Betty's niece, who wrote a book called Captured, the Betty and Barney UFO uh, Experience. Uh, The Betty and Barney, she wrote a book about the freaking thing. Jesus, what the hell was the name of the book? I can't remember the name of the book now. Abducted, the Betty and Barney UFO Experience. Is that what it was called? Eh, Whatever, you don't know. And she wrote this book with Stanton Friedman, who's a very respected ufologist who recently passed away uh fucking computer fuck off java update available go fuck yourself with your java update i'm gonna leave that in (laughs) (laughs) fucking jeez i'm the one trying to watch my language and i just and i just went off on the java update available here anyhow uh the what is the name of the freaking book this is gonna bug the shit out of me now captured yeah i was Captured the Betty and Barney UFO Hill. The Betty and Barney Hill. Fucking A. Captured the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. This true story of the world's first documented alien abduction. That's the book that Kathleen Martin wrote. She wrote it with Stanton Friedman. And they detail the abduction and the aftermath and all that stuff. So we listened to an interview with her where she talked about the whole experience and everything. We watched the movie. We've read other we've reports. read other reports. We've, I've read some sites that debunk the whole thing. I've tried to get an, a little bit of info from all sides, from all angles. I have my opinion. I form my opinion. And again, this is one of those things where everybody, your belief system, is going to take into account all this stuff. And I feel like this story is so well crafted because it takes into account all these different aspects. You have an interracial couple, right? They're respected citizens of the community, well-respected. They take part in noble causes. One's a social worker. One works for the NAACP in the post office. They're respected among their peers. And I feel like a lot of this stuff 
they were like the perfect people to put this story out into the consciousness, I guess. But I find it now when I first heard about it, I, I mean, I read about this back when I was a kid and, and I believed it. And I thought, oh my gosh, in New Hampshire. And oh, wow, crazy. That's where I live. That's where the first UFO abduction was. Oh my God. But I, I, I tend to believe that no, this was the, something may have happened to these folks, possibly, but I don't think they were abducted by aliens. I guess you have to first ask do you believe in aliens? Could, do they actually exist? I don't know. Because if I don't this is just so. all the Matrix and virtual reality, then... <laughs> well, well, that's another show <laughs> I'm entirely. just saying, though, it depends on your beliefs. That's why I'm saying the, it depends on your belief system. And this is... It hits it from so many different angles. And it's such a well-crafted story. I feel like it's just, it's, it's just made up. Let me say, I believe Betty and Barney Hill. I believe they believe what they're saying. I believe them, but... My okay. what I wonder is, were they abducted? I think they were, but I don't think it was by aliens. Okay. I think they were abducted by either the our government or some independent type contractors, and they implanted false memories into their head. I so am, it would even come through in hypnosis, most especially. I it's yeah it yeah you're, we're not going to be bickering a lot then because I feel the same thing. I feel like something happened to these folks. But it isn't what they think happened to them. And getting back to her recollections of everything, one of the last interviews she did, I believe was in 2004 or 2005, and she recalled for the first time ever that when she was taken from the vehicle by these beings, these aliens or whatever you want to call them, that she punched one right in the face and she was all happy about it when she was telling the story. So just like kind of like, wait, what? All of a sudden now you're you're remembering this. I, th- I think that's a pretty well, important detail, right? I think people right? do that with their own memories. They, over time, especially like if you're somebody telling a story, over time it gets bigger and more sensational. Yeah, and I so think... So that could just be her having fun with it. I guess. I just feel like if this was something serious that happened... You wouldn't be adding that kind of a detail into the story that much later on. I don't know. It's just that's just how I feel about it. And the fact that she went silent after Barney died, and she was silent for almost ten years, I think she didn't well, do her any media. Any, died. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm just saying that the fact that she went silent, it's almost like she lost her partner, and they couldn't commiserate about their story anymore. So she didn't really know how to act. Yes, she lost a, her partner, her husband. Sure, of course. Obviously, that's got a lot to do with it. But I also feel like maybe she didn't know how to proceed. I'm I, again. I'm, I'm coming, looking at it with like puppy dog eyes. Yeah, like, I'm uh, coming at this. I'm coming at this from the. I don't believe a word of it. I'm coming at I, it from that perspective. I get it, but I'm also looking at it like to say like, oh, well, after her husband died and she was quiet for ten years. I mean, I feel that, like that's a hell of a long time to be grieving. That's all I'm saying. Seriously, I'm just saying. How long would you? How well, long I don't, if well, I okay. passed? Well, I don't. You feel like 10 years I, is too much? I don't know. I, you, that's it. Okay. I feel like that's a long time. I, I may, I would probably never get over you if you passed Everyone away. Everyone grieves differently. But everybody grieves differently. Right. So it's hard for me to answer that question. I just feel like 10 years. Maybe it but was then, too but painful here, for her to talk about it too. But then she came out and taught. It's one thing if 
her husband passes away and she just never talks about it again. But then she comes out and then she didn't just come back and talk about it. She was making appearances all over the place. Maybe something she in her life changed. She became very maybe, public maybe about it. Maybe she came it. to terms with Almost it. Almost like she was you know, welcoming the the glory of it, the notoriety of it, the celebrity of it. She would go to UFO conferences. She did all that kind of stuff. Make TV appearances, all that stuff. So I feel like maybe she got to the point where instead of it being, it wasn't painful anymore to think about it. Maybe I don't know. I just I'm very skeptical about the whole thing. That's all I'm saying is I think something may have happened to these people. Quite possibly, something did happen to them, but I don't think they were abducted by aliens. I think it's like what you said: the government agents hear something out. Barney worked for the government. That post office, I mean, okay, sorry, it's not actually the government. It's a, it's a segment of the, it's not, you're not considered a government employee. You're a postal office employee, whatever. But he's in their database. He worked for the NAACP. He's a black man of, of a, of a decent reputation, a decent standing in the, in the community. I'm sure he knew government people. Betty worked for the state of New Hampshire as a social worker. They're kind of the perfect people. That if you wanted to push this kind of a story out into the cunt, into the the cunt, the public consciousness. How are you going to say the country? <laughs> into the consciousness of of the country, if you're trying to move forward this agenda, this alien UFO agenda, propaganda, whatever, they're kind of the perfect couple to do that. And again, their names, Betty and Barney, dude, the Flintstones. Hello. It's just too perfect. It's just too perfect when you when you think about the whole thing. It's just too perfect for that time, that time frame and that time period. The story is just too perfect for me. I don't know. I just I don't think I don't think they were abducted by aliens. I think it was all just made up. I think that what you said, they were abducted abducted by some kind of a government agency. Their their heads were definitely messed with. They definitely went under hypnosis sessions. They definitely recalled something similar happening to themselves. But and I think whatever those those memories implanted into them did trigger real fear, real emotions. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's fair to say after Barney died, the well, it's just where she was quiet for ten years and then she came out. I don't think that's fair to okay, use fine. that as a point. Okay, fine strike that from the record your honor thank you good god it's been Jeez. stricken all right but i just yeah i just feel like the whole thing it's just it's too i don't know i just i don't buy it and this is coming from a guy who wants to believe that oh, kind yeah. of stuff but i just don't buy it i just think it's too neat it's too perfect all this stuff ties together too well they're a respected couple it's too perfect and nope, i think it opens- i don't buy it the bigger question of alien abductions are any really by aliens nope or is it by somebody else implanting false memories we don't know i mean if you go if you look now and you go into more different abductions that have gained worldwide fame and notoriety whitley streber who wrote the book communion and that guy's the biggest Come on, it's just it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. The guy was a the guy wrote, he was a fiction writer. He's a science fiction writer. All of a sudden he's abducted by aliens. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's believe that story. Two of his two of his books were turned into movies. The guy's knee deep in Hollywood. I mean, come on. I don't buy no, I don't buy any of it for a second. None of it. 
None I of think it there are false all. claims made for notoriety. I Absolutely. think there are people just saying it, but then I think there are people who truly believe they were, and I think they were abducted. But I it wasn't by aliens. No, know if it was by aliens. Yeah, as it, much as like, I, exactly. as if it's going to be by something, yeah, we probably would want it to be aliens than another group of humans here on Earth, maybe. It somehow would prove aliens do exist, but... Yeah, no. It, it, I think, again, it's like what you said, some kind of a government agency that none of us have ever heard of because it's so clandestine, is taking people, taking these people, took the hills, performs whatever experiments on them they did. I don't know. And then, again... The whole implanting memories thing sounds sci-fi and out there and total recall and this and that, but it's true. It's documented. They've admitted it. Stuff like MK that. Ultra, I just want to say, like, if all you this see- stuff is it's real. It's happened. They say they stopped doing it, but <laughs> yeah. come on. Well, do you ever notice things that you see on movies and sci-fi are all of a sudden real one day? And it's like you think, okay, where did they get that from? Was of it course. really their imagination? Or is it because of they've course. had this technology? Of course. Yeah. And it's very, you. I'm sure everybody listening to this has heard it before. The technology that we all have today, the government, they've got 50 years Ahead, they're 50 years ahead of what we have oh, now. Oh, more than that, I'm so, sure. So what we have now, they've had probably 50 years ago, essentially, is, is is how that saying goes. And it's, I believe it, 100%. I think most of the craft and UFOs that we're seeing out there now or or for the past however many years, they've, they're just government craft that they have not, they haven't made public yet. That's all. But anyhow, that's that's another topic entirely. So you're, you're, you're of the... Similar, so I guess we're not going to go very long on this show because we're agreeing on this. I want to know what other people think, though. I want to know how many people out there have you ever had an experience where you were abducted by aliens or what you thought were aliens? Have you ever the had... missing time thing? Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you well, off. Well, if there. you're abducted and they implant false memories, then that explains it. Yeah, the the missing time thing. That's the one you hear a lot of people have those stories. They. They'll be driving somewhere. All of a sudden, it's four or five hours later, and they're like, "What the hell?" Where I, I'm on the same road, or or they they'll be driving and they get home, and it's three hours later than it should have been. You, you hear stories like that all the time. I've done a lot of driving. I've never had that happen to me that I can remember. I don't know. I I just are these people having legitimate experiences of missing time? I I believe that some people maybe that that kind of stuff does happen. Is and it, I, want, I want to hear from these people. We want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Do you think it's really aliens? Do you think what we think it's either government or other groups? Yeah, clan, I mean, it could be freaking cults. Who yeah. knows? It could be anything. It could. Somebody well-funded, though. Somebody, Yeah, somebody well-funded. Somebody doing some dark stuff. That's all I mean. And I guess I, what what is the point of it? Is it just to see if you can do it, to use the technology to see if it works? Are we the guinea pigs? Is it social experiments? I or, think that the, the Betty and Barney Hill, I think that the story itself, the whole thing, the the rollout of the story. Publicity. To the, the, the publicity of it, yeah, making a movie, all that stuff. I think all that stuff... It, it all was done to serve that alien agenda that 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 is out there now. I mean, everywhere you look, there's sci-fi movies, the aliens, 
one year it'll be aliens are coming in there. They're malevolent. They're going to destroy everything. They're invading Independence Day, that kind of thing. Then you have, well, they're not really, they're benevolent. They're, they're here to help us. They're here to be our friends. They're here to warn us to be good to each other and that kind of thing. I just feel like this came out at the perfect time. This, this incident happened at the perfect time and the rollout of the whole thing happened at the perfect time and it just fits their, the agenda that whoever is in charge of everything, it just fit that agenda too perfectly. I don't buy it at all. And anybody that, for example, Kathleen Martin, she seems like a credible person, seems like a she was a school teacher, right? She wrote a book about it. Now, I feel like anybody that... She does a lot of work she, researching and yeah, working with people, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not knocking these people at all. Not at all. Not one bit. I just don't think that the story they're putting out is what really happened. And unfortunately... The only people that really know what happened, Betty and Barney Hill, are both deceased. And I don't think that their memory is actually accurate. I think it was messed with. I think that those people... So you're not saying they're lying. I'm you're not just saying, saying they're lying. I'm they... just saying that what what they say happened isn't... It was their quote-unquote reality because that's how they remembered it. And for think, them, those are real memories. But I don't think it's what really happened. I think they were messed with. Mm. That's what I think. No, I, I agree with you there. What do you think? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I, I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised that we've come to this point in the show already because I thought we'd be going a lot longer. I thought we would have disagreed about this stuff a little bit more. I, I'm, I'm really surprised. You us. I, I wasn't trying to, believe me. But... Yeah, would definitely like to hear your thoughts on it. Do you guys think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say do you think aliens exist? I think that's too broad a question. But do you believe that people who have been abducted by who people who say they've been abducted by aliens? Do you believe that that's a, a thing? Do you believe that really happened? Have you ever experienced missing time that phenomenon? And if you did, do you think it was related to being abducted by an alien or a UFO? Did you see a UFO and, and then have that, missing time? That doesn't time? include getting like so drunk you black out. That Not talking count. about that. Yeah, that doesn't count. I've had that happen before, <laughs> but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Many years ago. But that, you're looking at it like, what? Yeah, no, many years ago. I know, ago. I'm trying to recall, like, have yeah. I ever had that? Many, many so. years ago. I remember, I remember actually kind of a funny story. I remember driving back from Fall River, Massachusetts, and it was one in the morning, and then the next thing, I knew, and I was driving, and the next thing I knew, it was 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was pulling up to my apartment, and I didn't have any memory of how I got there, but it was, it was, it was the amount of time it would take to get home, and I, just, I think I just blacked out, but I drove, and I was lucky I didn't get pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. Well, how long, long is the statute of limitations on that? I don't well, know. But it was I, a long time ago. And it, allegedly. I've allegedly. never had that. And I guess I, unlike <laughs> you, can hold my liquor. I guess. Yeah. This yeah. was a long time ago. I'm not proud of it. I'm just relaying a story. But if you've had this happen to you, let us know. You can find us on Twitter. At Pod. Check us out on Instagram. Podcast. And we have a website, too www.homewreckerpodcast.com And as always, if you like what you hear, please go over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And 
tell a friend so we can get the word out about the Home Record Podcast. We really, really appreciate everybody's and support. if you don't have friends, tell a family member or just anyone who will listen. <laughs> there you go. So until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, agreed with me 100% this week. I'm really surprised. <laughs> my trophy wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. As we're driving along, there's beeping sounds. That sounds like something was hitting the trunk of the car, and the car vibrated. And then we drove along for about another 30 miles, when Barney turned off onto a side road. And here were the group of men he'd seen on the craft, standing in the middle of this road, blocking our way. And naturally, he had to stop the car. And they came up in two groups, took us out of the car, passed in the woods to where the craft was on the ground. At that point, strange thoughts started going through your heads, thoughts that weren't your own. Um, did you have some sort of uh, telepathic communication with these entities? or? All or... our communication was verbal. Verbal? Right. Oh, interesting. Yep. They spoke English in a limited way. Huh. Like... Uh, you know, a foreigner coming here and not too well acquainted with our language. But in the same time, using common colloquialisms of the day, like uh, you'll be back in no time or something yeah. of that ilk. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, in the fir very first part, they put us, in, they had us under some kind of control. And I brought myself out of this, but Barney was only able to bring himself out, partly mm -hmm. out of it. So I was just as conscious as I am right now. They walk you into the craft up a ramp, that yeah. landed craft. This is right off Route 3. Well, actually, you didn't know where you were at that point. And, um, uh, yeah. But right, the last... Right off Route 3. So it, they walk you up this ramp. You're brought in, and what, what did they say they were going to do with you? Well, when we got up to the door, I was not going to go in. So I socked them. You punched the entity. Yeah. Um, in fact, I put up such a battle that my dress is badly torn. And he said, you know, come on. All we want to do is some simple tests. And as soon as the tests are over, you, we'll take you back to your car and you'll be on your way. Let's just go back to those type of entities. Um, they were your classic alien, gray-shaped, no. cat-like... No, 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 they weren't, okay. Thank you. They were a form of human being. They were, they were a form of human being. Right. Did they have cat-like or Cheshire-like eyes? They or? had larger eyes than ours. Smaller nose and smaller mouth. No protruding part of the ear and no hair. So not people. Nothing like these classic grays you see no, your Whitley Strievers. I don't okay. know, I've never seen those. I don't know what they're talking sure, about. Sure, sure, okay. Um, there was a leader of... Well, for, we, we gave them different names to identify. Now, I don't know if he was the leader or the interpreter, but we called him the leader. And then there was the one who did the testing. We called him the examiner. There were nine others who stayed out in the corridor, and we called them the crew members. 